Happy New Year and welcome to African Jeopardy. My name is Ife and I wish you a happy, healthy and prosperous 2023. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome to African Jeopardy. My name is Ife and I'm recording from Creole in Scotland. Today, we have an amazing person to speak to us today in the person of Miss Cynthia Chiguenya, the African Youth Ambassador for Peace for Southern Africa. And interestingly, today's topic is going to be the title of Miss Chiguenya's position, which is the African Youth Ambassador for Peace, IAP, for Southern Africa, the vision and aspiration. So Ms. Jewenia will tell us her vision um, for, for this position she holds. Ms. Jewenia is a political researcher and pra-academic who has studied reconstruction in post-genocide Rwanda, conflict mediation in Southern Sudan, and transitional justice in post-conflict societies, and has experience in policymaking and international development. Her academic background is criminology, criminal justice, and international studies. She holds an MA in development studies and an MPhil in social policy and development. Cynthia has spoken at various symposia, including the 2022 EU-AU Summit, Egypt's Aswan Forum for Sustainable Peace, and the BRICS Roundtable Dialogue on Financing Clean Technologies. Her advocacy is grounded in research, having served at think tanks and published on topical issues such as Africa, Euro senior relationship, transcontinental infrastructure, and climate finance in emerging market economies. She's a TEDx speaker, recognized as one of the most influential people of African descent, Global 100 in politics and governance, Cynthia has worked with several organizations promoting the SDGs and the Agenda 2063 in Africa. She currently serves as the African Youth Ambassador for Peace for Southern Africa and works as a program coordinator for political dialogue in Sub-Saharan Africa at Comrade Adenor Stiftung. I don't know if I got that right, and I'm sorry if I didn't. She has previously held research positions in the South African Parliament and at the National Genocide Commission in Rwanda. I mean, you must agree with me that we are literally speaking to the right person for this position. And it also happens to be no other person than the African Youth Ambassador for Peace for Southern Africa. Welcome, Ms. Shubenya. Thank you very much, um, Ife, for that uh, very kind introduction. Now that I'm listening to you, I, I think it might be quite a long biography and I need to consider shortening it. But thank you so much for, for the invitation and thank you for having me today. No worries at all. I mean, I, I know it's even short, even though you think it's long, but it, it's testament of the hard work that you've done and have put have put towards improving yourself and hopefully we can learn more about the vision you have for your role as the African Youth Ambassador for Peace for Southern Africa. And I can actually go straight on to ask you, 
what exactly is your vision as the African Youth Ambassador for Peace for Southern Africa? Um, what is your vision and what countries do you cover? All right. Um, thank you once again for, for the invitation and um, the opportunity to engage with you. Uh, first and foremost, uh, maybe just to give a context to what um, this position is about, uh, the African Union uh, passed a resolution and uh, among some of those recommendations was that the organization should um, endorse or appoint five young persons to represent youth peace builders networks. So um, this is divided according to five regions that we have on the continent being um, North, West, East, Central and uh, Southern Africa. So uh, I am among the five people who were chosen to to uh, represent young peace builders networks to the African Union and also work with various young people across the continent um, that are working in youth peace and security issues. My uh, region is the Southern Africa region, which uh, a lot of people normally confuse with SADC, but that is not the case. So this is divided according to the geographical uh, locations so tanzania is not part of um, the southern africa according to that although it is part of um, sadak so the number of countries i cover are 14 countries and that includes um, some of the indian ocean states such as mauritius they fall under um, southern africa and then my vision for um, Africa, uh, I'll refer to, to what Kofi Annan, the former UN Secretary General said, that the, that the objectives of human rights um, development and, and, and peace must be pursued together, otherwise none will succeed. So oftentimes we hear of people speaking about economic development, about social development, about infrastructure, but for us to have that, we need to have a peaceful environment in which um, several of these issues can be um, can be promoted or they can be developed so my aspirations or hopes are for a peaceful african continent uh, we've seen several um, conflicts happening um, the examples being the, the case in, in rwanda in the 1990s uh, 1994 where we've seen you know genocide uh, being devastating and, and totally destroying a whole country uh, and in the most recent years we've seen um, different conflicts um, at the international scale we're speaking about the russia's invasion of ukraine uh, some of the conflicts we've seen in in sudan uh, and as well as in, in countries such as somalia so and and when that happens it then hinders international and, and national and local development within that space. So my aspirations um, are to contribute towards a, a peaceful region, which is Southern Africa, and also a peaceful continent, which is the, the African continent. Thank you so much um, for that introduction, you know, for clarifying, of course, the visions or the, the justification behind the establishment of your position and then your vision. But I wonder, because of, you know, you said some people sometimes mistaking it for South Africa when in fact it is Southern Africa. Can you explain a bit further the countries that are captured and exactly how or what you're doing towards actualizing this vision that you have? All right. So um, the countries that are captured um, are the ones that are listed as a sort of geographically within uh, uh, southern Southern Africa. So we're looking at South Africa, we're looking at Botswana, Eswatini, Namibia, 
Lesotho, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, Malawi, Angola and um and Zambia. So in terms of the uh, ge- geography, those are the 11 countries that are in Southern Africa. And then you'd have uh, Madagascar and 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 Mauritius. So so these are the countries and then uh in terms of um in terms of sort of the engagements that we have had uh, referred to in in July we had what we call the high level ministerial meeting on youth peace and security this was one of the first in the in the region where different countries so we had about 16 member states of the comesa block coming in uh, the 11 countries i listed included as well as uh, comoros and uh, seychelles and mauritius and they met in zimbabwe to discuss what we call the common agenda on youth peace and security and this this meeting sought to to engage and relook at uh, conflict media uh, conflict mediation and also mitigation of of violent extremism in the region So that gathering then articulated what the role of young people in these various countries is and it should be and it was adopted by member states. But apart from that meeting there's also what we call the Youth Peace and Security Network for Southern Africa. And this actually has membership from all the different countries that we have and in the previous months what we have done is to assign country specific groups so instead of just having this network for southern africa we now have country groups that focus specifically on uh context and peculiarities that are in individual countries and the major drive in that or the work that we have done uh, particularly in south africa um zambia zimbabwe is to to start having conversations regarding uh, the continent continental framework on youth peace and security which is the guiding framework on youth peace and security on the continent but not only that also encouraging member states to adopt what we call national action plans on youth peace and security which is taking that regional framework and domesticizing it and putting it in the local context and saying how does it translate to a zimbabwean context how does youth peace and security uh, apply to 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 the mozambican context for instance or to botswana so that is some of the work that we have been doing Wow, it it sounds really impressive in terms of, you know, practical sense what you're actually doing and how you see the role that you do you have how it might actually go towards supporting peace and security on the African continent. I wonder if there's actually an example or examples you could share of how you feel that this role is actually bringing about tangible results. So it's not just about okay this is what we need to do we need to involve the um the young people how exactly are, are there examples of how your role and the inclusion of young people in this way have brought about positive change or is bringing about positive change all right um thank you so much of people for that question and now I, i think i'll i'll touch on uh how's going to choose three but i'll touch on five uh some key uh developments that we have actually had since um Great. since a official assumption of of um of this position and uh i think the first which we need to highlight is uh what we call the di- continental dialogue on youth peace and security so this is uh, for the first time this year 
there was a continental dialogue which was held in Bujumbura in Burundi and uh, after that dialogue there were about 350 participants that, that, that gathered in Burundi I participated online and after that dialogue um, the continent actually developed what we call the Bujumbura, Bujumbura Declaration on Youth Peace and Security in Africa so this is the first time where youth of the continent gathered and they discussed and the and their discussions were articulated in a document and then it was endorsed by the peace and security council of the african union as a binding document and they also reinforced that uh, there should be an annual dialogue so an annual conference that the african union supports on youth peace and security so this is something that started this year um, through the engagements of the african union's youth for peace program and we're seeing that through those engagements then there's this new um, law that was passed with the new declaration which is the Bujumbura declaration on youth peace and security now this may sound very theoretical but um it guides the practical engagement so for example if next year people want to host a conference on youth peace and security it's got grounding in this documental policy framing so that is how that um, sort of that development is very key and very important but apart from uh, the bujumbura declaration we also have i think in personal capacity i participated in the first joint retreat of the african union's peace and security council and the african peer review mechanisms now now this participation then was also i think one of the few opportunities also where we were given a chance as young people to to advocate for uh, for our shared values shared concerns and opportunities for collaboration with um with the different mechanisms of stakeholders that are within the, the African Union. And then um, this is more an achievement for North Africa, but I also find it relevant because as as youth ambassadors for peace, like I highlighted in the beginning, there are five of us and I, I, we work as a collective and support each other. And in the North African case where the ambassador is Fulud Baburi, during the uh, Peace and Security Council that was held, a uh, meeting that was held in March, she actually recommended that the African Union should conduct an empirical study on youth migration, peace and security. And I think that that relates particularly in the North African context where a lot of people are, are migrating either to Europe or even here in Southern Africa where we see a lot of uh, migration. So the fact that the African Union um, adopted that that recommendation that she, that she provided and and, and um, geared towards implementing that means that there's more evidence-based research that will go into finding out uh, some of the causes the push factors for migration and how and I think once you've uh, sort of identified the problem then uh, that's also an opportunity to start looking at the opportunities that that come with uh, resolving that problem. So uh -huh. I mentioned three items. I think the last two that I'll highlight was uh, recently, which yes. is the launching of Mission 55. So uh, the African Youth Ambassadors for Peace were actually involved in developing an application called uh, Mission 55, uh, 55 being the 55 states that the African Union recognizes. And Mission 55 is a gaming application that allows you to learn about the continental that allows you to learn about the 
African uh, peace and security architecture. So when there's a conflict in Africa, how does the African Union respond? Uh, is there a setting of the panel of the wise who decide whether we should um, respond with conflict, whether there should be diplomacy? So, um, so that game is actually uh, one of the innovative uh, initiatives that we have participated in, which is downloadable from the Google Play Store and allows you to learn about the African governance architecture, uh, African peace and security architecture without having to read. So you actually play it as a game and it gives you different scenarios that you can actually um, implement the various methods or technicalities of, of the African Union and its resolution of, of conflict. So I think I've said uh, I've said a mouthful. I'll give you a chance to maybe respond to some of the issues, and then highlight some of the uh, work we've done also as we as we continue the conversation. Wow, I mean this is absolutely impressive. And as you were talking about Mission Fifty Five, especially, I went to my phone to check. Obviously, I don't have the latest iPhone, so it's not like I have a great phone, <laughs> but it's not currently on the iPhone. So I guess this is also my way as an african citizen to, of giving you feedback we need it on the play store so that um, well not play store on the iphone oh, store yes. yeah iStore, whatever it's called i don't even know what it's called um so that at least i can also download it and um, but really this sounds very impressive especially the ideas behind the mission 55 but also all the other examples that you've shared it's absolutely impressive to see that beyond just talking about the need for young people to be packed or play active role in peace and security on the continent that they are actually listening to us oh well yeah i consider myself to be young so hey um <laughs> and they're actually listening to us and and to sort of learn from us and, and our contribution towards making our continent better now that you shared uh, positive examples, I also know that there are likely to be challenges. So I wonder if you can reflect on what some of the challenges are and what you think needs to happen differently to, you know, address the challenges you highlight. Okay. Um, I think just to respond before I, I go into the challenges, um, just to respond regarding um, having the application on, on, on the App Store, uh, the African Union did make a request for it to be included, but as we know, um, Apple users and App Store takes time to to approve certain applications. So we're actually waiting for for its approval and uh, inclusion on the App Store. But they did make that request around the same time it was um, um, requested of um, Google Play Store to include the gaming application. So hopefully, right. um, Apple will approve, and for iPhone users, will be able to to use the gaming um, to learn about the African peace and security architecture. And then to, okay, and then to, to, to some of the challenges that um, that we experience in this work, um, it's, it's not just challenges that are, that are experienced in peace and, peace and security only, but we find them also in, in various aspects of uh, other governance or politics, the first being uh, lack of uh, financial resources for many youth-led organizations or youth-led initiatives. So we find that if you're to apply for funding, for instance, to to support your initiative that deals with peace and security. Sometimes organizations prefer long-established organizations such as um, I'll not put names, but you know, longer established organizations that already have 
structures in place and they get the funding. So you find out that the challenges of youth peace and security are, are mainly lack of, uh, of funding. And that this is not just monetary, but also sometimes technical assistance to, to implement the programs. Young people are still regarded as immature, as inexperienced, as unable to govern resources. And we find these stereotypes still affecting um, youth-led organizations when they try to, to apply for funding, when they try to get technical assistance from, from other other organizations and that's where the role of, of sort of promoting the work that young people are doing comes to play because you you're changing the narrative of young people being malicious young people not uh, not contributing to positive change so so that is one of the challenges in terms of financing apart from uh, financing the other gaps and and challenges of youth peace and security uh, that we see across the continent uh, also in lack of coordination among stakeholders. So you find youth-related initiatives on peace building in Africa, they don't have enough platforms or mechanisms for inclusive engagement and, and coordination among youth groups So or among even other stakeholders. So you find um, the government will have its own program, civil society organizations have its own program, um, the private sector has its own program. So if these stakeholders come together and say, this is the youth peace and security agenda, and this is what we are prioritizing, we are putting resources together, then I think this will also go a long way in terms of um, enhancing or advancing the youth peace and security agenda. Um, apart from the financing and lack of coordination, I think there's also a weak organization. In terms of the organizational skills that, that young people have, majority of them still lack uh, the, the, the requisite institutional or technical capacities to, to access funding or, or technical support. So it's sort of a two-way issue. One, there's lack of funding, but also weak organizational capacity to attract the funding that these youth-led groups need. So then in response to that, then there's absolute need for technical um, capacity training so that they become more organized so that when they call for application for funding comes they're in better chance of um, better chance of accessing this this funding uh, and then I think finally the last challenge I'll share is the the limited role of uh, youth in peace building and that's because of the nature of, of, of the work itself peace building is very high level very militaristic very technical Whenever there's a conflict, it's either a president or president engaged, or a military, the military is sent to to respond to that conflict, or uh, you know state security. So because of that nature of peace building, it becomes very exclusive. It becomes very uh, limited when it comes to the participation of young people because it's it's a technical or a high highly guarded space. But what we have seen in, in recent trends, and that relates to either joining of insurgency groups, uh, military uh, violent extremism, is that a lot of young people are actually starting to join these extremist groups, either through various social media networks or through their friends. So 
conflict resolution cannot afford to just be exclusive and high level anymore because the people who are now engaging in conflict such as young people are using various ways such as joining through online or being incentivized because they are unemployed and they see a call from um, terrorist groups and they join because of that so i think there's now an increasing appreciation of of the multifacetedness of, of of reasons why young people especially youth participate in in violent extremism and and therefore as a result there's also the the, the need to respond to these conflicts or violent extremisms through um, ways that involve including young people in in different processes i think i've said um if i'm not too sure if you're still here but uh no 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 absolutely you have you have touched on literally everything and you've covered the most important elements of it and and i think some of the comments about experiences or, or should i say lack of knowledge or limited uh, knowledge or expertise um lack of funding it's unfortunately something that is the reality across most of the agencies on the continent wherein we're then having to rely on the support of external actors you've also been able to sort of clarify what the potential solutions are but i, I can imagine this is also the challenge you face as as a, as a, a current ambassador so this will be my my final question unless you want to add something else um how are you in your capacity as the youth ambassador mitigating against these challenges because i can imagine it would obviously sometimes undermine your ability to do your work effectively and what is your vision moving forward you know beyond all these challenges and the good things we've celebrated and hopefully we can celebrate in the future um what how do you see yourself and the organization addressing some of these challenges um thank you so much um if for, for for that question and for the opportunity to speak i can see we're only left with nine minutes so i'll try to be as as concise as possible the yeah. first way through which um through which we we mitigate some of the challenges that i mentioned i think i also highlighted some of the solutions as is capacity training um in july i had i hosted for for this region in in the African Union's Youth for Peace Africa program which which coordinates the youth ambassadors held a regional sensitization meeting and through this regional sensitization meeting we're able to approach different organizations in the region that are working in youth peace and security the likes of the Institute for Security Studies for instance uh we had accorded the Africa Center for uh, constructive resolution of disputes we had organizations including UN women so we organized this regional sensitization meeting and invited the different organizations that already work in youth peace and security and asked them to share their programs their information and also um asked the young people that were represented in the youth peace and security network to um to share their work and by so doing we created opportunities for possible collaboration and also disseminated information so that as a young person if you're looking into conflict resolution for instance which organization can you reach out to 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 ask for help and assistance um apart from uh, that engagement original sensitization meeting and engagement with different partners what we have done also is to promote the use of uh 
resources that young people have at hand and a lot of times um, we complain about tokenism and and you know young people being included to um to just fulfill a quota which is not sincere but then one person said to me in response that when you get a token use it because it is a token so what we also encourage is the use of resources that are available so you might not necessarily have uh, you know all the equipment you need to film or, or, or document the the peace building initiatives you have but if somebody has a smartphone it's a matter of taking photos and sharing them online finding out within the network if someone else is doing um, similar work and then um, finally which is uh, which is not really a practical example i think it's also going into the work with the realization that um, the essence of leadership is is really sacrificed uh, for, for a lot of African countries that have their independence today or political freedom. That was uh, one through fighting and fighting by people who were not even certain that independence would be guaranteed. So the same applies for, for that work that we have. Like I said, there are existing stereotypes, existing challenges. Some of them are structural. But it is uh, also going into the work with the passion and mind that the reality might not necessarily change for me today or for you and I. But if we continue pushing enough, the generations to come will have something to build on and continue working so that uh, new generations will also have a different reality compared to what we have. So those are the three ways um, through which I think you stay encouraged and also try to, to change the system. Well, thank you so very much for sharing this vision. I am actually, I'm so tempted to carry my bag and come and start working with you presently because I see, no, genuinely, I I, I see what you do online, right? And and then listening to you, I see that there's so much to do and and all hands must be on deck. And, and hopefully, I hope that if you ever think that there is a way for us to do something together for, for me as an individual to support what you do or want to sort of put out more call to action for African youth to to do what they need to do, especially, well, focusing on Southern Africa, please reach out. I'm, I'm your girl. Should I say I'm your plug for it? But thank you so very much for, you know, your time and and sharing your expertise and telling us more about what you do as a youth ambassador and what the continent is actually doing or should i say those that are at the leadership of the african union what they are doing and how they're trying to incorporate um the youth into this whole process of ensuring peace and security on the continent i know that we're not where we need to be but from listening to you we're not where we used to be and we're definitely going to get to where we need to be. So thank you so much um, for being here. And I wonder if you have any anything else to, to say to our audience, uh, our listeners, or your people in the Southern Africa, the people who you represent. Uh, thank you so much for, for, for the kind offer. And, and definitely we need all hands on, on deck. I'll certainly be reaching out if we have... Um, programs where I feel we, we need to collaborate or engage. My final words would be to, to the listeners or also even to to people here on the continent in the African diaspora that the, the development of our continent is a shared responsibility. Before I joined the African Union, I used to criticize the organization a lot and I used to say it's very inefficient, um, things don't work out until a friend of mine said to me, 
why don't you join the organization? So if you think the organization is not very functional from the outside, uh-huh. get in the inside, you actually start to see some of the sort of uh, challenges, structural challenges that these um, institutions experience. And I think ours as Africans is not to ridicule or to continuously criticize, but to ask ourselves, what can I do to enhance or better the process, to make it more efficient in the little way that I can. So I think to, to, to sum it up, it is that um, each and every person has got a responsibility to contribute, no matter how um, insignificant they might think this is, but we each have a role to play. Africa will not wake up and be better than it is if we don't all contribute somehow to its, um, to its enhancement. So the betterment of our continent is a shared responsibility. Here, here. And on that note, I want to say thank you again. And to our listeners, thank you for always being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And take care. And we'll see you in the next episode.